0: I'm not trying to be the next Billy Graham. I'm just Will Graham. I have a burden in my heart to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. If that's to an arena full of people or one person on the street, I will do whatever God is calling me to do. William Franklin Graham, the fourth will is the third generation of Graham's to proclaim the gospel under the banner of the Billy Graham evangelistic association, the grandson of Billy Graham and the oldest son of Franklin Graham Will has shared the hope of Jesus with more than 1 million people across six continents since beginning his evangelistic ministry in 2006. In addition to his evangelistic outreaches, he serves as vice president of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and as executive director of the Billy Graham Training Center at the Cove in Asheville, North Carolina. In 2018, he portrayed his grandfather, Billy Graham, in the movie Unbroken Path to Redemption, and he released a devotional titled Redeemed Devotions for a Longing Soul. He graduated from Liberty University with a Bachelor of Science degree in religion and from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary with a Master's of Divinity degree. He and his wife, Kendra, have two daughters, Christine Chain and Rachel Austin, and a son, William Franklin Graham V. So, Will, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. I am so honored to have you.
1: Well, I'm sorry I had to say all that stuff about him. <laughs> all true or not.
0: It's all true and it's great. And you come from such a heritage and a legacy. My family is from North Carolina, and I was born in Charlotte. So the Graham family has meant a lot to our family personally as it has from millions around the world. So thank you so much for taking your time to just share a little bit here on the Make Life Matter podcast. So you do come, Will, from such a legacy of men and women who have made their life matter and continue to make their life matter for the kingdom. And many people, of course, remember your grandfather, Billy Graham. So what was it like? We'll just start off with the obvious elephant in the room question. What was it like growing up as a Graham?
1: Well, I, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to talk with you and share a little bit. But, you know, and I do get that question quite a bit. You know, was it, you know, your Billy Graham's grandson. What does that feel like? What does that mean? And, um, to be honest, when I look at Billy Graham, I don't see Billy Graham. I see my grandfather. Now for us grandchildren, we called him Daddy Bill. That was our love name for our granddaddy. You know, everyone's got gramps or grandpa. We call him Daddy Bill. My grandmother, she ha- she gave herself a Chinese name. So we called her by her Chinese name, which was, uh, if you say it correctly, it's Tay-Tay. And um, But we're from North Carolina. We don't say everything correctly, especially when it's a foreign language. So we call her Tete. Oh. And that is Chinese for old lady. Now, reminding, she gave herself her name, all right? Really? It's not that we called her uh, old lady all the time. But it was Chinese. Remember, in, in the Chinese culture, she was born in China, raised in China. Mm. The Chinese culture honors older People, It's a sign of respect, uh, age is. And so when we refer to her as old lady and as Teta, then it's a sign of respect to her. And so she loved her Chinese name. So I had Daddy Bill and Teta. So growing up in their family, that's that's who I always saw on television was not Billy Graham, but I saw my granddaddy. Yeah. Um, I saw Daddy Bill. I saw Teta. Mm-hmm. And so... Growing up for me, it was uh, very normal. I grew up in the mountains of North Carolina, out uh, there in Boone, North Carolina. Went to public high school. No one cared about you being Billy Graham's grandson. I will say some of the teachers liked it. Some of them didn't like it, depending on if they were believers or not. But um, most of the time, people didn't really care who you related to. They just wanted to know, uh, could you shoot basketball? Can you play soccer? Can you play football? Did you have the latest Nintendo game? I mean, I grew up normal, yeah, um, very normal. Uh, but I had a, I re- but I knew that my granddaddy was famous, so I wasn't oblivious to the part that my granddaddy was, uh, you know, very famous. But it never played a part in our life in the sense of uh, he was just our granddaddy. He mm-hmm. was Daddy Bill, and when we went to go see him, he was always Daddy Bill, and he always made time for his grandchildren. Um, and so I was very blessed. I, I was very blessed to have four living grandparents mm. uh, for a very long time. I had all my grandparents. Billy Graham would be the last of my grandparents, and he was the oldest. Mm. And uh, he was the oldest. And uh, and so I had pretty much four living grandparents from the time my grandmother died in 2007 all the way until my grandfather died uh, there in 2018. And so I had four living grandparents up until 2007. So I was very blessed to have a lot of grandparents, both my maternal ones and my maternal and paternal grandparents, Mm. uh, both had a huge impact in my life. So I'm very grateful for that.
0: Mm. You know, and as we're recording this, it was just as you call him, Daddy Bill, Billy Graham's uh, birthday, he would have celebrated a birthday. And so, um, I'm just curious to know if you've got a, maybe a favorite memory of your grandfather, or did you ever go with him on a crusade? Were you too young at that point? I was curious as you were saying that.
1: Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Um, he would have been 103 years old. Hmm. Um, my grandfather was definitely toward the end of his career, his life, you know, By 1975, when I was born, you know, he was getting toward the the later half of his career. He still had a very active career all the way up until 2005. Um, So I did go to a lot of his uh, crusades. Um, And I tell you, one of the greatest joys in my life was sitting on the platform. I remember this was in Baltimore. I I can't remember the Baltimore one right off the top of my head. 1980, 1981-ish, somewhere around that time frame. And so I remember uh, uh Johnny Erickson Tata mm. was there. Now, she wasn't married at this time. And uh we were on the platform. My father, me, and my grandfather were going up to the stage. And we were shaking hands. And my granddaddy's a very tall man. A lot of people don't realize how tall he was. He's mm. six foot four. And he's talking to Johnny Erickson. Now, she's down in a wheelchair. And he's six foot four looking down at her. And so she's got to look she's got to look up, you know, real high to see my granddaddy hmm. and my granddaddy's just talking to her. And my dad's talking to her and she's looking up. She doesn't see me, but I put my hand out like I'm going to shake hands with her. And then it dawned on me. I was like, I know who this person is. I saw the movie about Johnny Erickson. And so I jerked my hand back right when she looked down at me and I was just praying, Lord, I hope she didn't see my hand sticking out. Cause I'd be embarrassed, you know, that she couldn't do that. And, uh, But um, that was one of my first memories of me sitting on the stage with my Mm. grandfather with Baltimore. I always cherished that moment. And and it was nice because he recognized me. I got my grandson up here, my namesake up here, Mm. along with his father, Franklin, my son. And so, and, you know, everybody clapped, you know, and I'm like, I'm looking at this huge (laughs) stage. Wow, this is awesome, you know. And, uh, I mean, I'm five, six years old, so it's not like it's going to I didn't really understand what was going on. I thought everybody's granddaddy did this type of stuff. So. <laughs> but um, I have, you know, I got a few memories, you know, that was more of the Billy Graham side of stories. But for my granddaddy and I, Daddy Bill, I think one of the best memories I had, this was very late in life
0: mm.
1: where he couldn't go to church anymore. Um, and I would go up, I would go to early church. Uh, he slept a lot. You know, when you get it to a certain age, you you've earned the right to sleep as much as you want. That's right. And so he would wake up more for the what we would call the second service. You know, the eleven o'clock traditional service. So I would go be there. I had you know young kids, so we would get up early and go to church, and then I would come and just stay with him at the house mm-hmm. and uh, and do church by watching it on television. And so that's what we did. And we just sit there. We didn't have to talk. It was just grandfather and grandson just enjoying church together. Mm. We didn't have to share. People always said, you know, do we talk shop? You know, do we talk about crusades or mm. celebrations or a sermon? No. Did we talk about those things? Of course. But those weren't, that, that was the last thing we talked about. We want to know about each other.
0: I love it.
1: You know, going on in each other's lives, especially your grandfather. You know, Will, what's going on? How's the grandkids? What are you doing right now? You know, mm. uh, where's your dad going to send you next? You know, what city? Or He was always talking to others. So we never felt like we had to be entertained by my granddad. We just sat there and we just listened. And sometimes we didn't say much at all. And he says, well, what do you think about the sermon? That, that point that he just made, tell me about that. And so, you know, I, you know, I, I think that was a great point. I never thought of that before, you know? And he said, I hadn't either. He said, that's why I love listening to this man. I learned so much from this man, hmm. you know, uh, from this pastor. So what I'm saying is my, one of my greatest memories is sitting there not talking. Yeah. It's just being with them, enjoying the presence mm. of your. And so uh, I was very blessed with that, that I lived close enough where I could go do things like that uh, with my grandfather and my grandmother.
0: Mm. I love that. And I love that for anyone who's listening who feels like maybe they didn't have the legacy that you had, but they can still sit face to face, give the present a presence. Mm. And just have those conversations. I just finished writing a book with my father. And and if no one ever read a single page, I'm telling you, Will, the experience of sitting down over countless hours of phone calls and just sitting and learning together. And uh, you can't trade those moments for anything. And we can all give those kind of moments to our families. So Thank you for sharing just kind of an inside look at what it was like to be raised in such an amazing family, a normal family, but also a family that so many of us have have respected and admired throughout the years. And now you are following God's call on your life as an evangelist. And you and I actually crossed paths because you announced recently that you will be out here in my area for a celebration Mm -hmm. in uh, Virginia next June. We're still nailing down the final date, but I would love to know a little bit about that. And what could people expect, Will, that would be different from a Billy Graham crusade for from a Will Graham celebration?
1: Yeah, you know, well, we are excited about coming back to Virginia. Um, I went to school in Virginia. Um, I went to Liberty University there in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, so I, I spent four years of my life. I met my wife, you know, my wife Kendra, uh, mm-hmm. at Liberty. So Virginia is always going to be a special place for us. And uh, so we're looking forward to being in Fredericksburg. Um, we're very grateful to have an invitation. We only come at invitations. People say, "You go, Will? Why? Why? Why Fredericksburg? I mean, why not?" Somewhere else, you know, how in the world did you get to Fredericksburg? And um, it's because we received an invitation. We come in an invitation and there was uh, believers that said, we want this to happen in our community. We want to see a revival to take place in our community. And uh, we prayed about and talked about it. And uh, we actually kind of we put the standard pretty. I mean, when I say the standard. we 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 said we we want this type of commitment from you. Yep. And we kind of raised the bar on them without them knowing it. And we raised the bar and, and they said, yeah, we'll go do that. And mm-hmm. so, um, cause we wanted to make sure that we had enough churches involved, sure. um, good churches, evangelical churches. They're saying yes to this. Uh, we want to make sure that we had a good cross section of the whole community of Fredericksburg. And so Fredericksburg did it and they did it extremely well. And so I had a chance to come there and to, to greet people, to talk to people and to speak a little bit to the people about getting things ready, what to be expecting. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to being there. Uh, We don't have a date tied down right now. We're still looking at venues, um, but it's going to be real exciting. And then what you were asking about, you know, well, most of us are familiar with Billy Graham crusades. So we know what Billy Graham crusades look like, but what does a Will Graham celebration look like? Well, you'll hear two different terms. You'll hear the word celebration, and then you hear Billy Graham's crusades. Basically, it's the exact same event. Now I say that we still do all the same training. Um, I'm going, I, the evangelist will get up and preach just like my granddaddy would get up and preach. We use God's word as the standard. That's what we preach from. There's nothing else that really matters in in our world. It's God's word that matters. Mm. And so we're going to focus on preaching from God's word. We'll have great music and testimonies that are shared and then give then I'm going to call people to make a decision publicly and invite them to come forward and ask Jesus Christ to come into their life. And so just like my granddaddy did, uh, I think the biggest difference that people are going to recognize is probably music, hmm. music changed with each generation. Now I know, you know, my granddaddy liked his type of music. Um, I've, I'm a really eclectic in my music. I like a little bit of everything. Um, but when it comes my generation, is more band driven than they are choir driven or anything like that, or big band driven. Uh, They're, they're usually more guitar driven, you know, keyboard driven. Um, So, so the music I have fits more of my upbringing. Um, And uh, we, we have great Christian artists, all different types of artists. Uh, We have not got the artists nailed down for, for, for your city per se, but we have a great group of people that we draw from. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we and they are always committed to the gospel. We don't we won't work with people if they're not committed to the gospel. Sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ yeah. that's what's important. Whether I'm preaching, whether the musician is singing, everything's got to point to the person and to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ because that's what changes lives. It's not a musician that changes lives. It's not Will Graham that changes lives. It is the Lord Jesus Christ that can change lives, and so that's what we want to talk about and point people to. And I'm going to give people a chance to put their faith in Jesus Christ. Mm. And when I say give them a chance, it's I'm going to preach and then invite them to make that decision. And they're going to be able to do it right then and there. And some are going to rededicate their lives to Christ. Sometimes it's going to be the first time they've ever made a decision like this. And so we're praying for a great, great falling of the Holy Spirit there in your community of Fredericksburg and the surrounding area. Uh, it's a great area. I just got to visit for the very first time. I've been to a lot of places in Virginia. I've never been to Fredericksburg. Mm. And so I think I've driven through Fredericksburg on 95, you know, going to D.C. or something, but that's about it. But um, I'm really looking forward to being there and spending some more time in your community.
0: Well, We can't wait to have you. My husband and I pastored out here almost 30 years. We've had students go to to liberty from our church and I was I was uh, talking with your associate earlier we have probably 50 different nationalities just represented in our church so we have a very diverse area, being so close a bedroom community a community a commuter city for Washington DC you have a lot of people that work in the government, so you're touching um, everything from a rural farmer to someone who's working in the halls of the white house. So, um, it's just going to be, a, it's going to be such a, a, a catalyst event is what I get in my spirit. When I pray a catalyzing event for this area, we're saturating in prayer. We're believing God to do great things. And so maybe you're listening, you're saying, listen, I want to bring Will Graham to my area for a celebration. So you heard him it's by invitation. He would love, I'm sure to receive that invitation from you. And we know we're gathering hundreds and hundreds of churches, Will, that are partnering together uh, to see the name of Jesus lifted up and see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I would love to know one of your most impacting moments. Personally, you've traveled the world sharing the gospel and on six continents. Is there a moment that stands out to you that you'll never forget?
1: Well, it's to me, I I go back to what uh, my granddaddy, uh, when me sitting on my granddaddy's stage, and the platform and it's true when I'm as the evangelist as well yeah. is when you give the invitation and people start to respond
0: yeah
1: and uh i remember one place uh, just not too long ago i was preaching and i was and i was just starting the invitation telling people what i'm going to ask them to do and one person got up and started coming right away you know you know it's like i have been given instructions and this guy's yeah. i got to get up there you know he's given his life to christ and so I love seeing that. And I remember seeing it with my granddaddy so many times sitting on the stage and it it brought me to tears. Joy, joyous tears. Yeah. I'd be sitting there crying. I'm a, I'm a, I am don't remember if you remember our former Speaker of the House for for Congress name was John Boehner. And he was he, he always cried. You know, I'm not sure if people remember that, but he was a weeper. I'm a weeper. All right. I'm like John Boehner. I cry a lot. It, good tears. You know, I'm very emotional. Um, and I love to see people come to know Christ. And I remember sitting up there, especially with my granddaddy, You got people like <laughs> running; they look like NFL football players, almost like they're mm-hmm. stiff army, You know, people trying to get down to the front. I got to give my life to Christ. You know, there's seven other people. I got to get down there. I got to yeah. get down there. And you see people running to give their life to Christ. And uh, I remember a couple of years ago, same thing with my dad. We were in in Hong Kong uh, for the. It was the tenth anniversary of Hong Kong going back to China mm-hmm. and my dad's festival that he was doing his crusade was a actually sponsored by the government of China uh, as part of the 10 year celebration. It would be the last event celebration because dad was there in December. It'd be the last thing celebrating a whole year of celebrating mm-hmm. and the Chinese government was celebrating Hong Kong was now back in Chinese control and so they had invited my father, Franklin Graham, to come and preach there. Mm. And so my dad came and preached in Hong Kong, and it was a my my granddaddy preached in that same stadium years before, a couple wow. of decades. Before. They had added on the it was a real big, a very big uh, stadium now, a lot bigger than my granddad's time. And so now, when my dad gave the invitation, and they had to stand in, in certain places because they didn't want people on the grass. And to ruin the grass. They had certain places where people could, that, and the people were just running and flooding the area. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think the, the local officials were kind of upset because their grass was getting stomped <laughs> It was just, I just remember this was China. And I remember I did the kids' program. The students, they, the government made the, the Chinese kids leave their public schools, their schools, and come and listen to me.
0: Wow. Because
1: sponsored by the communist government, they allowed mm-hmm. us to do it. And so they, they, they got, these schools could come. So they brought school buses full of kids from elementary to high school. Mm-hmm. And so we had about 40,000 in there. And I gave the invitation and it was so big, we couldn't bring them down to the field. Uh, we had to leave them up in the stands. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, this is what God does. There's nothing that Will Graham can do can change anybody's life. Will Graham can't save anybody. Will Graham can't help anybody. All I can do is appoint people to Jesus who changed my life. And so I had a chance to point people to Jesus. And man, there were so many people there uh, in China. And that was a that was one of my great memories because my grandfather had a great meeting there decades ahead before that. And then my dad got to do it. Uh, and then I had one night to preach to the young people. And it was just uh, God was a, it was just a wonderful time, a great memory for me. And oh, and it, God. God's the only one that can do, do stuff like this. How does the communist government allow a Christian to come in and preach open air evangelistically? Okay. They did. And because it was sponsored by the communist government, all the, you know, all the other businesses, all the other government agencies could participate in it because mm-hmm. it was sponsored by the Chinese government. And so that's just one of those things. And God's given us great favor with the Chinese. Not everybody gets this favor, but because, it's because my grandmother was born in China.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: Something that she can't even control. You can't control where you're born. They the Chinese government gives us great favor. Um I know that's not true for everybody, but they've been uh they've been very For us, they've been uh, easy to work with and allow us a lot of freedoms in China to proclaim the good news of Christ.
0: Wow. What, what a, thank you for sharing that, Will. I had not heard that story. It's powerful and the power of the gospel. It's just, it's, it's, it. Transcends those barriers that we think are man Good. man, man-, man- made barriers or what seems like impossibilities, and entire generations are are being changed from that, so yeah, God will use anything any situation, even just where we happen to have been born to bring an open door for the gospel if we 'll just say yes and walk through it so thank you for sharing those stories. You know this episode is airing right at the very beginning of a brand new year twenty twenty two and I know people still continue to be worried about. Covid and coming out of so many challenges. So, well, what what maybe just are a, a couple of sentences you would share as an encouragement as we launch into a new year? What what what's a message you'd like to give our listeners?
1: Well, I, pre- I appreciate that. You know, I think the thing that has dominated, at least, we'll just say the last two years. Um, just talking about the COVID two yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, we're getting behind it. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have been living in fear yes fear whether whether it's uh, whether it's an election <laughs> scared of what the election results are going to be mm-hmm. whether it was a covid um whether it was a writhing racial tensions collapsing everywhere around our country there's a lot of our there's a lot of uncertainty going on in our country right now I and mean, it's driven a lot of people to fear we're on the we're seeing inflation like crazy right now uh, jobs are starting to collapse because we can't, we can't find workers. Um, and so there's a lot of people are scared about, and I remember when I was preaching the first message I preached during COVID, I was trying to come up with a message and I was trying my wife said, where well, are you working I said, I got to come up with a sermon. I got to preach on here in a few nights mm-hmm. and I don't know what to speak on. I'm like, I'm, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to speak on? And she said, she said, talk about fear or she said, talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus the name of Jesus casts out all fear.
0: That's right.
1: And and I to be honest Angela, I had become fearful. Yeah. I mean, I was at the news and according to the news I, we're all going to be dead in a week or two, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, Even Fox News was saying we're all going to be dead, you know, and mm-hmm. obviously that's not the case. Uh, and I know some people did p- pass away. I'm not trying to minimize that, but they're making it sound this is going to be apocalyptic, we're all going we're going to be all gone, you know. And we didn't know anything. Sure. And that fear causing all this. Fear was causing all this. And so my wife's rebuke was a very good and timely rebuke. I think the Holy Spirit gave her to give to me. Mm-hmm. And that was I need to put my focus back on Christ. Yeah, And, um, and that's what I want to fo- tell your listeners, to put your focus on Christ and God's word. And when you get scared, when you're not sure what's going on, read God's word. God's word has a way of shedding light on the things around us. And God's word is a living book. In other words, it still speaks to us today with the things that are going on in our life, with world events, personal events. It doesn't matter. God's word speaks. And so I want, I'm going to encourage your listeners to put faith in God's word, to be studying God's word and trusting in God. And my friends, when we put our trust in God, it doesn't matter what we go through. You don't become scared and we don't have to live in fear because we know how the end comes. And that's with Jesus reigning over the whole earth. And so that's what I get excited about. And that's what I would love to encourage your listeners is to put your trust and faith in God's word, his character, his promises. And you'll never have to live in fear again.
0: Mm, That's so powerful. That'll transcend any generation, any time frame, any political situation, any virus. The word of God stands. It's the same yesterday, today and forever. It is the one constant. In a world of uncertainty. So thank you. We talk here on the podcast about grounding our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. So I am a Bible girl through and through. I love the word of God. And I know our men and women that are listening. Um, echo that. And that's a legacy we can leave our children and grandchildren is a love for the word of God. And I remember my grandmother falling asleep in her chair with her Bible in her lap, it, you know, and just knowing that the word is what is going to sustain you. So thank you for that mm-hmm. reminder. You also have a devotional uh, maybe that's new for some people, Redeem, Devotions for a Longing Soul, and it has a DVD Bible study curriculum that, that's accompanying that. So how can listeners not only connect with your ministry, but also get a, a copy of your devotional and your DVD, Will?
1: Well, I'm, I appreciate that, Angel, and it's uh, I'm not much of a book writer. Mm-hmm. Um so this this is a, this is my one book right now so there's not multiple books
0: right now <laughs> but, uh, right now at least.
1: Well I know I'm, I'm working on some other ones but <laughs> I'm so slow at this process. I'm not a, I'm not very gifted in writing um, so I have to have some people help me and I appreciate their help. but um, yes, if you want to find out about more what I'm doing uh, will Graham and the Billy Graham Evangelistic <laughs> Association, the best place to go is to BillyGraham.org. Uh, that's the ministry I work for, is my granddad's organization, Billy Graham.org. And uh, there you can find out more what I'm doing, what my father's doing, what the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association is doing. We're extremely busy. It's yeah. been a great time ministering. Um, but if you're looking for my book or this DVD curriculum, then you can go to the same web address, BillyGram.org. We have a bookstore there. You can order from our bookstore. Um, and you can also find it at amazon.com. You know, if you just want to go to Amazon, that's great. Um, but if you do, you can find everything right there at the Billy Graham.org website that you need. And, uh, I hope if you do get it, I hope it's a blessing to you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, maybe be looking out for another book coming down one day. I don't know. Um Takes me a long time to write books.
0: <laughs> well, it is time consuming and you've got plenty on your plate. And, you know, we're called to different things. So you're fulfilling the call of God that's on your life and we are, we are better and blessed for it. So thank you so much. But I know people will want to pick up a copy. All right. I ask every single guest this question and I, I think it might be one of my favorite moments of my interviews. So I would love to know, Will, as we kind of come to the end of our conversation, other than Jesus, What person in the Bible has most inspired you to make life matter? Maybe it's someone you can't wait to meet in heaven, or if there's a burning question you'd like to ask, I would love, and I know our listeners would love to know who that is.
1: The prophet Samuel, hands down. Mm, Really? Oh yeah. I've been, I've been studying Samuel, uh, going on for about nine years. I'm still haven't finished it yet. I'm in the second Samuel now. Um, obviously Samuel wouldn't be alive in this second part of second Samuel here at all, but, um, uh, but it bears his name mm. and Samuel. you know, there's going to be long lines at David, long lines at Moses, long lines with the Jesus, long lines with Billy Graham, long lines with everybody else. I figured no one's going to be in long lines with Samuel. Mm. So that's, but I've, I really enjoyed studying the books of Samuel, uh, first and second Samuel. And so I've learned a lot from this individual, uh, talking about his own life for now. I'm talking about the prophet Samuel. Yes. And so I've really enjoyed that. And so when I get to heaven, uh, mm. I'm going to be in that line for one. So I can meet him 2 I've been telling everybody that's the line I'm going to be in so <laughs> up there. Otherwise I'm going to be the liar. So uh, I'm going to go meet first. I'm, I'm going to go meet the prophet Samuel. And, uh, and it, what's interesting is there's nothing that's ever said bad about him, mm. uh, about uh, his kids were not good. Yeah. They were kind of, the AKA preacher's kids, but there was nothing. Matter of fact, here's what the word of God says. The word of God says that the words of Samuel never fell to the ground. Mm -hmm. In other words, they were never useless. They were never discarded. Everything he said came true. And so, and everybody from the North to the South, it says from, from Dan to Beersheba, everybody knew that God had made him a prophet and uh, Mm. Chapter three is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. First Samuel chapter three, because it starts off in the very beginning. And it says the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Mm. It talks about Eli and his sons and how wicked mm. they were. And then God came and spoke to Samuel. Remember, he said, Samuel. And uh, he gets up and he says, here I am, Eli. And Eli said, I didn't call you. God calls him Samuel. But then he says at the very end, Samuel Samuel. Anytime God says your name twice in scripture, it has profound impact for the whole nation. Abraham, Abraham, when he's about to kill Isaac, Abraham, Abraham, then Moses, 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 you're standing on holy ground. I mean, and now he says, Abraham, I mean, I'm sorry, he said, Samuel, Samuel. And uh, and, and then it says in the next part of it, it says that now the word of the Lord was not rare, it was Everywhere. Ooh. In other words, when God called Samuel, it lit a fire of God's word and it started to spread, and everybody knew that um, Samuel had been called as a prophet uh, to the Lord. And so he was a little kid at this time. So the whole nation watched this kid grow up and got to watch him you know, grow old and die one day. And so he was very much well loved, very much well respected, and he would anoint the first two kings over Israel. And so uh, that's the guy I'm gonna go get in line with.
0: I love it. You're just giving me riveting information of I, I know that about him, but to think about it in that context, remember those scriptures, no one has ever said Samuel. So you're the first person to, that's to what
1: say. I'm the only one in line. all the other ones <laughs> other people's I'm gonna no, be there. I have all the time with
0: them. You're giving us great reasons. And now I'm thinking, okay, I want the book that you're gonna write about the life of Samuel. I'd be the first to buy it because wow. Yeah, I mean, what a great to think about that it, the word went from being rare to being everywhere. What a legacy that he left. And um, and so thank you for sharing that. And uh, I, I I know there's going to be amazing conversations in heaven, and that's going to be one of them. Listen, guys, I Will is going to pray for us in just a moment. I know you're going to be so blessed by that, but I want to read today's truth that matters. And I was praying over what passage of scripture can you possibly read when you're sitting down to talk with someone like Will Graham. And the Lord led me to 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 through 4 where Paul said to Timothy in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing and his kingdom I give you this charge preach the word be prepared in season and out of season correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires powerfully for living such a life of legacy. You um, you didn't have to do this. You chose this. We all have a choice. We don't necessarily choose what family we're born into. There's a lot of things we don't have choice and agency over, but we ultimately have to make the decision of what we're going to do with our life and whether it's going to matter for the kingdom of God. And so I just want to thank you for making the choice to serve God and to follow his call on your life. And we just pray such favor and expansion of ministry over you. We're looking forward to having you selfishly out here in Virginia. We know God is going to move mightily. And I would love for you to just pray over our listeners as we close our time today.
1: Now, sure. Will. Let's pray. And Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank for that passage that we just heard. And Lord, your, your word is very much alive. It's very much powerful, Lord. It can change our life. In an instant, Lord. And so, Lord, help us to be students of your word and followers of your word, doers of your word. And, uh, Lord, you'll give us great success. Help us to meditate on your word day and night. Uh, so this book of the law shall not depart from our mouths. So, Lord, help us in this. Um, Lord, I know this is a decision my granddaddy made when he was very young to follow God's word. Even if he didn't understand it, he would trust in God and uh, trust it is your word, Lord. Help us to do the same thing. And Lord, we're, we're reminded of that warning that you just gave us in Timothy, that Lord, uh, there's going to be some that, that they won't, their ears itched. they they want the itch. And so they, Lord, they just want messages that make them feel good and sound good. And, and Lord, that's not what you called us to do. You called us to preach your word, your word, not just to tickle our ears, but Lord, to, Lord, to work in our ears, to work in our hearts, to work in our minds so that we can be more like you. So Lord, help us to, Be people like that. Help us to be followers of your word. Help us to be followers of you, O Lord, and to be used by you, Lord, wherever we go. Help us to live by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.